Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 793 with Rory Bulkin. There's never going to be a perfect time. I'm not going to know all the answers. I can do the research, but then uh, the best way to learn is just to take action. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free Restaurant owners know it can be almost impossible to keep everything up to date even making adjustments on your menu and i know it's probably one of the most important marketing tools out there, if not the most important marketing tool. That's why I'm so happy to introduce to you Pop Menu, the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars. Pop Menu seriously is the full digital solution for independent restaurant owners. When you invest in Pop Menu, you get a dynamic interactive menu that hooks your customers from the start. And let me tell you, they really do love that review feature. You get a mobile-friendly website, and I cannot stress to you enough how many people miss the importance of a solid website. And you also get marketing and integrations to build long-lasting relationships with your guests. What are you waiting for? As you can see, Pop Menu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need to put the focus back on what matters the most, the people, and the food. Trust me, if you are a restaurant owner, you need to check out Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, my listeners get $100 off their first month plus an unchanging lifetime rate. Go to popmenu.com slash unstoppable. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. If you're sick of all of your employees coming to you for information, direction, and guidance on how to do the job right, that might mean you have a people-dependent operation. The operation depends on you. What you need is a system-dependent operation, and that's where Sweet Process can help. Sweet Process is a software that enables companies to have a central place for all their procedures, processes, and policies. By default, Sweet Process offers a free 14-day trial. By using our dedicated sign-up link, you will get an extended 28-day free trial. Go to www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. What up, Unstoppables? I have a great show for you today. But before we dive into what you can expect, just a quick reminder, please support this podcast. You can do it by supporting our sponsors. If you support our sponsors, they continue to buy ad space. It's that simple. And I don't let just anybody sponsor the show. If you ever hear of a tool or service that's recommended on the show, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash whatever that episode number is and see if you can find a link to that tool or service and I could earn an affiliate commission. You can sign up for restaurant unstoppable network. This is really where the intimacy is happening, where I'm connecting with my listeners and the people who I'm having on the show on a much deeper, more personal level where we're literally putting you guys in the same conference room. We're, we're connecting this generation of leaders with the next generation of leaders. And it's been a lot of fun and I'd love to have you join. If 30 bucks a month is too much for you, shoot me an email, Eric at restaurant We'll negotiate something. I want to make sure you're getting in there. This is, this is important to me. And then lastly, please, share this podcast with everybody you know who is aspiring to, to do great things in this industry. Uh, put this sucker on their radar. So today, we're talking to Rory Bulkin, and Rory's been on my radar for a couple of years now. I've really had fun watching her grow and develop a reputation for herself. So Rory uh, got started in this industry as just kind of being a fan of donuts. And then she created this spreadsheet of donut shops throughout Texas, and she now... Uh, 
from there, I think she evolves to just kind of helping consumers connect with their favorite donut shops, but she's really evolving to become a marketer, a coach for marketing, restaurant marketing within the restaurant industry. And it's been so much fun to watch her grow. And now um, people, other people that are in my network are starting to mention her name and refer her. And it's it's been an honor to watch her evolve as a professional and to do and to develop her brand. So it was great to get her on the show. And today we're talking about catering, but specifically how to refresh and remarket your catering. So a lot has changed. And it seems like a lot of the attention has been on what your restaurant needs to evolve and stay current. But you know, the catering world's pivoted and evolved a lot over the past 24 months as well, or 12, 12 months as well. And you really have to be looking at your catering with a new eye and new perspective. So that's kind of what we get into today. Uh, I think there was a ton of value uh, in today's conversation and it's been super fun to watch Rory grow as a consultant and coach. And I feel like she's just beginning. I mean, she's been doing it for a few years now, but I'm saying like, she's going to do some big things in our industry. And I hope I'm the first to put her on your radar. Make sure you follow this, this lady. I'm telling you, she's going to do big things. Here she is. Rory Balkin. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, donut blogger turned restaurant marketing coach and founder of DonutDigest.com, Rory Balkin. Rory, are you feeling unstoppable today? Always. Awesome. I cannot wait to get into today's story, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? One of my favorite quotes is being ready is a decision, not a feeling. Ooh, being ready is a decision, not a feeling. I love that. Why does that resonate with you? It really resonated for me when uh, I started to organize the Dallas Donut Fest a couple years ago. I had always wanted to do it, was always intimidated by it. There's no blueprint for how to create a food festival on the internet. So after doing so many years of research and talking to other food festival organizers, I decided to take the plunge. You know, I had a little encouragement with my husband and with um, my partner, who's another food blogger here in Dallas. But ultimately, I decided, you know what? There's never going to be a perfect time. I'm not going to know all the answers. I can do the research, but then uh, the best way to learn is just to take action. Yeah. And I wonder, was Guy Clark one of those those, uh, people that you spoke to to learn how to, or was that before? You no, you know, I have met Guy only through Clubhouse. Oh, okay. He's a yeah. great, yeah. I mean, we did a whole conversation around how to create an event in the restaurant industry. Uh, and I don't know, just if anybody who's listening to Roy right now is thinking, I would want to do something like that and you need a place to start, go check out that episode I did with, Di Clark, with, with, I did with Guy Clark. Uh, lots of value there. And your, your quotes really resonate with me right now because I say it one more time. Being ready is a decision, not a feeling. Yes. I I have been maybe putting off getting intimate with QuickBooks for some time now. Um, mm. I knew like I needed to up my game as far as organization goes. And I just kind of just made the decision this week just to like get in there. And you just got to block time. You got to make it happen. Exactly. Um, things can be intimidating, like especially when there's just like you have to learn a whole new system or whatever, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to make, if it's going to make you better, it will, it will, it's worth blocking the time and just making that decision to get going. So great way to get this thing started. And I can't wait to dive into what we're going to be discussing today. And uh, Rory is going to be telling us uh, three things that well, specifically we're going to be talking about refreshing and remarketing your catering program. Uh, we're going to be covering three things that have changed three things that haven't changed in regards to marketing your catering program, uh, corporate catering versus social catering. Uh, we're probably going to dig in a little bit deeper to that quartering, that corporate catering aspect and, um, make sure you stick around to the very end. Cause Rory has a special offer for our listeners today. She give us a, a sneak peek of how to build your catering list. And, um, with that said, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about who you are, uh, and how you got to where you are today and why we should be listening to you. Sure. So a lot of people ask me, do I own a donut shop or a bakery? And the answer is actually no. (laughs) But I have a huge passion for uh, baked goods, desserts, and just small business, uh, local business in general. So 
Uh, my passion with donuts really started when my husband and I were dating. We, live, we were living in Chicago, and every weekend we would grab donuts from Stan's Donuts for any of your listeners who are from Chicago. Uh, we'd grab donuts from Stan's in Wicker Park and go next door to La Cologne Coffee, and it just became a tradition for us. So every time we traveled to a new city, we would try the local donuts. And at our wedding, we had, for our dessert, we had a donut bar. Nice. So um, it's meant a lot to my relationship personally. And we moved to Texas a couple years ago when my husband started residency and I was looking for a job. And so while I was, you know, in the job hunting and interviewing phase, I decided like any normal person that I should type up an Excel spreadsheet of all of the local donut shops, totally <laughs> drive around and just try donuts and practice my food photography. And what ended up happening is I fell in love with, you know, local business owners and the passion that they have for their craft. And um, I, once I kind of figured out, you know, what are the best gourmet or artisan donuts in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I decided that I wanted to build a community around that. So I built my Instagram following. Um, I hosted a couple of small local events. One of them was a watercolor and donut painting event at one of my favorite donut shops in in Dallas. And eventually I said, you know what? I want to make a donut festival out of this. So I did it. Nice. And these days, you know, the, the donut fest is meant to be an annual occurrence. So in the meantime, I love to help local bakery shop owners and local donut shop owners learn how to leverage marketing and a digital presence to drive customers to their shops. Okay. So I I have to give Terry, I'm afraid I'm going to say his last name wrong. Terry Pham, a shout out from Fat Straw, past guest on the show. I can't help but think of, you you mentioned donuts in Dallas. I have to think of, I don't know if you guys talk to us about these donuts real quick. You could probably describe them better than I could. Okay. So, uh, Fat Straws was actually one of the vendors at the Donut Fest, and they're mochi donuts. So um, I believe that Fat Straws is the first mochi donut shop in Texas. And mochi is got a little bit of a chewier consistency yeah. from rice. It's so rice flour, um, yeah, so it, the Fat Straws version isn't gluten free. There's a little bit of regular flour in there, but um, it's got a bit of a chewier texture. And if anyone has seen on Instagram, there's these bubble, yeah. you know, they're little circles that form one large donut. And um, the one of the reasons I love fat straws is because the glazes are fresh. It's not anything prepackaged or artificial. It's real strawberries in the strawberry frosting. And that's one of the things I appreciate about um, true, you know, artisan made from scratch kind of pastries. Yeah. And uh, Terry was a guest on the show. Uh, he was a great guest, really smart guy. So I do highly recommend you guys go check out that episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. And um, man, those donuts, though, like the texture, it's just if you do get these Addictive. Donuts, like it's it's unlike anything you've ever put in your mouth. It, like in the text, if you're a texture kind of person, especially it's incredible. Sorry, this is a, not a podcast about food, <laughs> but uh, I had to give Terry a shout out. So um when did you really start to like develop your marketing skills? Was it in trying to promote these events that you started getting sharp with your marketing? Like, where did your marketing really start to evolve? So, I actually uh, have always been interested in marketing, branding, communications. I went to school for it. Um, undergrad, I have a degree in business and um, specifically in marketing and communications. And uh, believe it or not, I still have a day job. And my day job is uh, marketing for a professional services company. So that is B2B sales. So things like consulting, accounting and finance and governance and regulatory compliance. So kind of dry business topics, but the goal is the same. You know, how do you create um, an experience? How do you create compelling messaging? How do you touch on your customer's pain points so you can solve a problem for them. Yeah. So I've always been interested in the creative side of business and events in particular are uh, really intriguing to me because it's a way to bring an experience to life and have it feel more tangible than something that just lives online. Although that's definitely a component to marketing. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about why you started to focus on refreshing and remarketing your catering. catering. Why was there a demand here? What made you think maybe this is something that I can help some folks with? Mm -hmm. 
So even before the pandemic, catering has always been really interesting to me because what I realized in talking to a lot of donut shop owners and bakery owners is that in a lot of ways, their storefront is, it's a front for a catering business behind the scenes. That's where they make their profits. Um, Donuts on their own don't have the best margin unless you sell a ton of those. So unless you're a Dunkin' Donuts or a Krispy Kreme, you're not going to necessarily make the most money on those weekend sales with the families coming in for their Sunday donut treat. Yeah. So real business is in um, the catering, right? And there's different types of catering. We'll dive into that. I know a little bit more in our conversation, but the real money is in um, the bigger orders and the recurring orders when you have repeat customers. Yeah. And for donut shops in particular and, and bakeries, the higher margins are also in premium coffee can make more money off of that. So I've always thought about it in the background, but uh, with the pandemic happening and people, you know, throwing up their hands and saying catering's gone, it's not coming back. People aren't in the offices anymore. I really started to look into the numbers and look into um, what was resonating with customers these days. And um, it's, you know, catering is not dead. There's, there's a quote out there that I love to reference that Um, catering isn't dead. The fish aren't dead. The fish just swam into different barrels. So we now have to go look for them in different places. Okay. Um, I agree with that statement. Um, so where, where are these people now? If I'm not am I getting ahead though? I don't want to get too far ahead. Well, there's different kinds of, there's different kinds of customers. So, um, if we want to talk about kind of take a, uh, 30,000 foot view, you know, of the, the catering market. I have some, uh, have some statistics for you if you're a listener. Yeah. Are, are yeah, please. That. So, so yeah, so the, the U S catering market is about $65 billion, which um, is an increase of more than 5% from this was a, a source from, let's see, from 2019. So pre pandemic. So a 5% increase from 2018 up to $65 billion. And the bulk of that, 62% of that is from social catering, which we'll get into a little bit more, but think about that as your, you know, private celebrations and events. Okay. 38% is business catering. So that's your corporations. um, And anyone who is buying your food on behalf of their employees or their clients. And another interesting figure is that the average catering order in 2018 was $180. Okay. So that's just one catering order. So that is, um, you know, that's kind of like how, how catering was when everything was quote unquote normal. Um, what's been happening though is that the business catering segment has continued to grow and grow. And, um, when you think about social catering, things like birthday parties and weddings, that is usually a one-time event. Whereas business catering, there's an opportunity to have repeat orders. So that's going to be a better return on your investment. Um, but how you reach both of those types of customers, whether it's a business customer, a corporate customer, or a social customer, has changed a little bit because of the world we're living in these days. So you keep saying business and corporate. I'm assuming those are the same. Okay, they so are. Make sure yes, they are. Groups there. I kind of use them interchangeably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I love this mentality that you started with. This like your your storefront is a front. It's a, literally a front just to put your food into mouths, so you can establish that relationship for future. The, the so it's almost like the head of your funnel, right? It, you're you're getting them in. You're trying it. You're establishing a relationship. Uh, what's the secret between getting them from the the getting the food in the month, the mouth, the front, right? The enter, mm-hmm. the entry of your funnel to getting them to become a catering customer. Like, what's the the key there? So that's a really nuanced uh, question, yeah. um, because because there are so many ways that you can inform your customers about catering. So, um, you know, it might sound like an interesting connection. Why is a a marketer talking about catering? Because everyone wants to know how do we tell people. Yeah, we cater. How do we get the customers? But we have to take a step back and think about the experience that we cultivate, whether it is the storefront, uh, the brick and mortar, or whether it's the online presence. So it's about building that experience. And um, another one of my favorite quotes is 
um, that the cup matters just as much as the coffee. And what I mean by that is you can um, have the best coffee in the world, but if you're serving it in a Dixie cup versus a nice, you know, branded uh, coffee cup with, you know, your, your logo on the sleeve, then no one's going to want to drink your coffee just as much as if you have, uh, you know, it in a nice glass or shot glass, but when people really want it in a ceramic mug. So the first impression matters that you're putting out there and the experience that you build um, around any of your products, any of your food offerings, anything on your menu, um, the feeling that you want to give people um, when they when they think about your restaurant and they think about your food is, is super important. So I say all that as context because um, you can tell people that you cater when they walk into your store, but there's also the digital aspect of it. And there's also um, the aspect of reaching out to your former customers because you're going to get more business from the low-hanging fruit, which is your repeat customers, versus trying to get new customers all the time. So that's what I was hoping you would get into. So what's the secret to me to, uh, you know, first establishing that relationship, you create that experience, they walk through the door, through your front, right? And then what's the secret to maintaining and carrying that relationship into the future? So I, I'm going to talk about this actually a lot more in um, a boot camp that I'm developing. Nice. But there's a concept that's called four walls marketing. Yeah. And it's anything that you do inside of your restaurant to... Was that coined by Fridays? TJ uh, Fridays? I think it might have been. I, I don't know, to be honest. But I've, I've known the phrase for a long time. Um, and it's the idea that every touch point inside of your restaurant is an opportunity to talk about what you do and what you offer. So it's everything from training your front of house staff to um, ask people at the checkout, you know, Hey, did you know we cater? Do you know we have this new item on the menu? Would you like a cup of coffee with your donut? Um, So there's so many opportunities with the front of house staff. There's printing things on receipts. Um, There are bag stuffers. There are now with things being a little bit more contactless, you know, there's QR codes, um, to scan and lead to a specific page. And it might not be catering. It might be, you know, we're now offering this on the menu or we're now delivering. So there's a lot of things that you can um, point to in store to let people know, yeah. signs yeah. And, and and things like that. But yeah. it's one um, of our, our core values in the network. And one of the reasons why I, I made it a core value is communication, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you have to, you, people can't expect to know everything they can't just like through osmosis absorb like what you can do for them or what you want or what you know what I mean? you, you have to put it out there if you want things yeah. to happen you have to take the initiative you have to trigger something you have to put it out there uh but what about the significance of actually capturing an email yes i was actually gonna uh lead into that so it's really important these days to funnel people into your database so capturing the contact information whether it's an email address or a phone number because SMS messaging, text message marketing is very trendy these days, yeah. it seems. We have a whole workshop coming up and thank you for that recommendation for, of uh, Zach Oates. So yes, Zach there. is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of marketing is reaching people in the moment that they need your, you know, your product or your service, but also getting them in your system so that your brand remains top of mind for when they are ready. Because yeah. not everyone needs a large order for, you know, barbecue or pizza or donuts, whatever it might be at this very moment. But you want them to think of you when they are ready. Yeah. So if you're communicating to them, <clears throat> excuse me, constantly and appropriately, you know, not always selling, 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 then you will be one of the first brands they think of when they have that special moment or business meeting that they need to provide food for. Yeah. So and I don't, we don't need to spend a ton of time here, but when they do come through your door, they're trying the donut for the first time, you're communicating to them what you can do for them. And what is the best way to say, Hey, you know, give us your email, give us your phone number. We want to continue the conversation. A really popular way to do that is through a loyalty program. Um, so you collect their information so that you can um, give them rewards the next time they come. Another popular way to do that is by providing free Wi-Fi in your storefront. 
in exchange for their email address. You've probably seen that when you go to a coffee shop. Um, you can access the Wi-Fi if you give them your information. And now all of a sudden, um, you're in their system. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think the secret is you have to add value before you ask. So you have to give something of value that you trade for the contact information, whether that be access to Wi-Fi, access to a, a, a loyalty program, maybe it's a free donut, you know. Right. Birthday program. Yeah. Um, Per, you know, discount in your next. Maybe it's a reservation. Order. You know, anything you're doing to add value to that person's life, saving them a seat, whatever, you know, putting them in line, right? You're doing that. You're, you're giving them convenience. You're adding value to their life. You're saving their time. That is a trigger for to to create a, a transaction of contact information, right? Um, and then so and then once you get that, you know cherish it you know track it put it someplace whether you're using yeah. mailchimp or like whatever and get those those segmented lists going and like if you can the more data you have on these people and keep the, the conversation going right that's not what we're here to talk about today but i just think it's it's crucial to bring into the conversation don't you agree yeah for sure and you know data is really important and relates to catering too because you need to be able to segment what types of customers and catering clients you want have they ordered from you for uh, you know a business training or a meeting? Was it a remote meeting because their employees are now working from home, or was it an in-person setting with social distancing? Um, or is it for someone who wants really custom colors and um, you know flavors because it's a wedding or it's because of a graduation? Yeah, yeah. Um, so is that is now a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we can come back and start talking about social versus um, business catering? Yeah, let's do deeper. it. All right. We're going to be right back. What is one of the most overlooked and important marketing tools out there? It's your menu. And honestly, I cannot blame owners for overlooking their menu. It can be super tedious and boring work, let's be honest. Not to mention, it's time-consuming between all the other channels of marketing, i.e. social media, direct mail marketing, and managing your operations and customer relations. Who has the time to dink around with their menu? Not many people, right? So that's why I'm super excited to introduce to you Pop Menu, the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars. From the website to the marketing to the contactless ordering, Pop Menu is the full digital solution for your restaurant. Pop Menu also provides a dynamic mobile-friendly menu that hooks your customers from the start. And this is a really cool tool. Diners have the ability to leave dish reviews, which really helps your menu speak for itself. Beyond these engaging features, Pop Menu provides marketing tools to build long lasting relationships with your guests. For example, you have the power to send automated texts and emails to incentivize new orders or promote new dishes. You can even set up online ordering and delivery direct through Pop Menu. This means less ordering complications and loss commission to third-party apps. We all love that. Frankly speaking, when Pop Menu reached out to me to be a sponsor, I didn't know much about them. We all know my rules that I only promote the tools and services that are recommended on the show. So I had to reach out to my network to get their approval. And I have to tell you, the feedback has been nothing but positive. People really like the menu review feature, the email marketing integration, and the fast and friendly customer support, which cannot be overlooked. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you can lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash unstoppable. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. We are back and we're about to talk a little bit about social versus uh, business catering. But first, why don't you tell us the the three things that have not changed or have changed and have not changed three separate things, each category that haven't and have not changed about catering. For sure. Okay. So three things that have not changed because of the pandemic and the state of the world. Um, So one is the demand for individual packaging that has been more prevalent these days. Two would be the need for a hybrid catering package. And what I mean by that is remote on-site and a mixture of both. So it has to be flexible catering settings. And then the third would be a shift to more digital, frictionless, contactless experience. Um, So basically what that all means is that 
businesses who are still in existence today have figured out that they needed to adapt their packaging, um, probably pare down their menu a little bit, and also uh, adapted some technology in order to stay in business and survive. Okay. Did you want to get into the things that haven't changed or do you want to unpackage this a little bit more? No, I want to talk about things that haven't changed because these are kind of evergreen feelings and uh, gets into human psychology a little bit, which is super interesting to me. So things that haven't changed because of COVID, people still need to eat. People still want to celebrate and be recognized and people still want a sense of belonging. And food has a big role um, in catering in those three elements. All right. So where do you want to take it from here? So I want to talk about um, how those needs feed into a corporate setting and a social setting. So we can talk about um, the different kinds of okay. um, catering. Can I pull back some layers on the three things that have changed before we get into yeah. this? Okay. Beautiful. So um Demand for individual packaging. This is a conversation. I'm going to try to pull some referrals out of you. Uh, hopefully, I'm not putting you too much on the spot. But a lot. Of, this comes up a lot. And I think a big uh, thing that not a lot of restaurateurs pay enough attention to is responsible packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to uh, demand for individual packaging, what are some of the 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 companies that you're referring people to as far as uh, companies that provide packaging, sustainable packaging, uh, branded packaging. Who do you like to, is there a company that is on your radar? So there are a couple of um, just, you know, restaurant supply sites that I refer people to in general. If you've heard of, um, you know, like Websterant or there's Acemart. Um, There's a couple of sites like that that offer just generic packaging. Some are eco-friendly and some of their offerings aren't. I think, unfortunately, um, the eco-friendly side of packaging has taken a backseat with what's going on these days in favor of you know margins, which I understand that people got hit hard and they were trying to survive. I just think it's important to resurface that you know that attempt that we were so like that we were embracing so well before COVID-19 I know it's like we've taken a few steps back there um and I think it will come back there there's a company I like to refer bakeries to for custom packaging called Georgette packaging it's really high quality there is another company I'm gonna have to get back to you on this um that is a little bit uh greener and and you know eco-friendly more expensive of course but um, regardless of what material or company that is being chosen right now, the margins might not be the best. But um, the point is that we need to have options for customers to have boxed lunches um, or in the case of baked goods, you know, cellophane potentially or little, um, you know, little pastry boxes that are for individual size. Yeah, you don't want to put 100 donuts into one package because people are going to be getting their grubby hands all hands. over. Yeah. Yep. So you want to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but I, I mean, I just want to, again, to put emphasis, I think where people go wrong with the packaging is they just don't factor it in. They don't, they think that that expense, that more expensive packaging is going to cut into their profits. And the truth is, if you're, if you're including that cost of packaging in the product, which most yep. people don't, they don't go that far. So the, you should be charging your customers. And honestly, this is something that the consumer should pay for. It's a re, like, we need to be responsible. You know, and I think that it's also a part of communicating. You know, I think that if we communicate like this on this podcast, we we bring other operators into this bigger picture of like, hey, we can't just react to the market anymore. We have to start telling the market what they need to do, you know, to like be responsible consumers. Definitely. So, yeah, pricing is is super important and that's not my specialty, but yeah. David we Scott have to Peters, think about we have a whole workshop on it. Don't you worry. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, we have to think about building the cost of the product yeah. and that includes packaging and sometimes delivery fees, baking it into the, um, you know, the retail price, because it's so interesting with human psychology. You can say, um, here's this, you know, a dozen donuts for, I don't know, 20 bucks, right. Of gourmet donuts for 20 bucks um, plus $4 delivery. And people are like, Oh no, no. But if you're like 24 99, Donuts and delivery, and you can apply this to any type of yeah. food. People are like, okay, cool. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's all about how you position it. And, but just as long as you're accounting for it. Plus, you know, uh, it, it's, I think people, if you, if you're doing something, if you're making a decision that's better for the environment, that be, also becomes part of your brand. And all these things that you do are just reinforced that like people will, that's a hot topic right now. And I'm, I'm one of those schmucks that pay an extra 30, 50 cents to like, you know, avoid using styrofoam. Like if I see that yeah. I'll go, even if your donut isn't as good, I'll buy your donut because there, there are a lot of people that care about these things and you need, it's more and more important to have your brand tied to social causes. Like they don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Right. And like in finding ways to really walk the walk and then to use examples within your business to show people like put it in their face. Like this is, this is what we believe in, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's huge. And if you, if that has to take a backseat, for now, um, you can find other ways to save money. And one of the trends with, you know, QR codes and th- everything being contactless, yes. and frictionless and prepaid, you know, people are saving money, not printing menus, not yep. throwing away menus or spending extra time cleaning down menus after every single customer. So, so I'm ha- there I'm are ways that you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that money. you're getting into that. Sorry, I cut you short. Um, there's a little oh, bit. Go ahead. Um, so contactless experience. uh how does this kind of play into um, how is this streamlining and making things better? I think that there's a little bit of a, you know, obviously we want to do this because we want people to be safe, but there's a little bit of a byproduct of we're, we're streamlining, we're, we're using technology and we're streamlining process. And that yeah. in itself is more uh, profitable. So get into that a little bit. Yeah. So contactless isn't just about the safety. Like you said, it's about the convenience for customers who have, smartphones um, in their pockets, right? So to be able to pre-order something and know that it's not going to run out by the time you get there, that it's going to be ready by the time you get there, if you're going to pick up, is um, really convenient not to have to take out your wallet and not to have to sit and wait, you know, same thing on the delivery side, really what kind of fueled this whole um, uh, trend, so to speak, is the like the Amazon of the world. Yeah. And I know my friend Reb Ciancio talks a lot about Amazon uh, triggering this, you know, one click ease of use experience for the customers that we want that everywhere now. So yeah. um, being able to order ahead of time, save effort and um, know that you're going to get what you paid for is really important to people. And you see it in the third-party delivery sites too. They have buttons on their apps now that say, do you want contactless? And they will drop off at your door instead of knocking, handing it to you, and um, you know, or the old pizza guy who used to give you your pizza box and then give you his other hand for the cash tip. You know, that is no longer happening anymore. Yeah, and again, back to what we were talking about earlier, this is a service you're providing. This is convenience you're providing. You're adding you're adding value to this person's life by giving them this option. And guess what? You can get their contact information by offering them this information. Uh, they usually create an account with your, your with your business, right? So they can do online ordering. You got their phone mm-hmm. number, you got their their email, you got their credit card information, you can you get, you can save that information, you know, it's, it's important stuff. And it's, and it leads to accuracy too. So, you know, easy cater who's um, they have one of the leading catering softwares in the market. Um, They talk about differentiating your business and earning regular catering orders, not just with your actual menu, but by keeping a couple of um, factors in mind. And those are uh, easy ordering. So we're kind of covering that now, you know, easy and convenient and contactless accurate orders, which you're more likely to have if it's recorded digitally and not scribbled down on a piece of paper. telephone, moving it three different points before it gets to where it actually needs to be. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's got to be timely, you know, whether it's delivered or, you know, if you promise, if you are promising that your order is going to be ready for a certain time for the customer to pick up, it better be ready behind the counter or on a shelf for them to grab. And then um, the food itself has to be quality. Yeah. And it, when it comes to the contactless experience, are there any digital platforms that you're referring your customers to? In the bakery world, a lot of them or a good deal of them didn't have proper websites to begin with. So I always say if you're starting out and um, you're overwhelmed and intimidated by all of the tech out there, um, start with your POS system. If it's a cloud-based POS system, they are going to be offering an online ordering platform for you. So Toast, I know you're a big fan of Toast, yep. Toast, Square, and 
um, you know, you know, be by, there's so there's so many. If, if you start with your POS and then you can layer on some extra services um, that give you more of a branded experience. Um, that is where you should start. But then um, if someone's ready to up level, I also like to recommend Bento Box. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually referred one of my um, good friends. She won the Dallas Donut Fest for crowd favorite in 2019, Detour Donuts. She used to take... Um, she used to take catering and, you know, just like regular orders. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, she had people screenshot, believe it or not, from her Instagram story, screenshot the menu, mark up on their phones or, or fill out a PDF and email it to her. And she would go through those manually. And when people wanted to call in for wedding orders, she would take it over the phone and scribble it on a post-it note. And it was just, as you can imagine, how much Very time is that? How much time? Right. What's your time worth? You know, like you can exactly. do that same. You can accomplish that same thing and never even know it's happening, but just know that you got a notification that you have a new order versus what you just explained. It's like, it's like night and day. You got to value your time. So, yeah. So she's, she loves bento box. And um, one of the things that she started to do with her Instagram stories, cause she's awesome on Instagram. She would print out all of the tickets and tape them up you know, in her shop, like in the kitchen and run her hand across them. <laughs> so like, ah, oh, like just a nice system in order ready for the weekend. So it was really great to see that. Yeah. I love it. And, um, again, uh, some of those resources that you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned, uh, start with your website or your, your POS provider toast is the most re- recommended on the show. I know they do. They work well with, with Bebot. Uh, they integrate really well with Bebot, which is the actual ordering tool that you're talking about. And uh, mm-hmm. bento box, which is like, it's, it's a, I would say it's an elevated option. It's definitely got the most, ro- a lot of robust options. I don't know if every mm-hmm. restaurant starting with a budget needs bento box out of the no. box, but I would recommend Wix for restaurants or Squarespace are, yes. are great platforms mm-hmm. to get started. If, you're not a web developer and there's plugins for those um or or with that come with those tools all right yep i feel like we really went deep there and i I appreciate you taking the extra time to unpackage some of this stuff uh you you did say you wanted to start talking a little bit about the corporate catering versus social catering Uh, did you want to get into the three did you want to dissect the three things that haven't changed more first i can't remember exactly where we left off so those relate to, if you've ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So, you know, the need to eat yeah. <laughs> and survive that way, the need to feel loved and appreciated and celebrated and the need to be um, part of a group. Yeah. So catering plays into all those things. And if we start with social catering, think about um, people celebrating traditional life occasions and milestones. So even though we might not be able to have super large weddings or gatherings right now, and hopefully things are shifting in the, you know, looks like they're headed in the positive direction, but um, for at least the, the immediate future, celebrations might be different in size, but the need to celebrate is unchanged. So think about birthdays and engagements and anniversaries and bridal showers and all the major holidays. Graduation is coming up as we record this and Mother's Day. Funerals is another big one that, you know, we don't want to mention, but it's people are hungry and sad, you know, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but keep going. (laughs) No, that's true. So I'm Jewish. And one of our traditions when it comes to funerals is um, it's called sitting Shiva. So you take seven days after someone's passing and you, eat basically. Um, so food is a big part of joy and, and sadness. It it brings people together. So that is absolutely a a social catering occasion. It's it's not going anywhere. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's the corporate side. So as I mentioned, those are your clients who are buying your food for either their employees, their members, or their clients. So you you started uh, earlier talking about 2019 18 the numbers associated with catering uh how I don't know if you if you ever got to where we are today and how that's shifted I'm assuming it's shifted more towards social catering or is that not true <clears throat> Yeah it has shifted more towards social catering because that's where um restaurants are putting more focus on but that's not where the money is going to be made So what I want to try to help restaurants understand is that social catering is, is important because um, it 
those occasions that we just talked about are always going to happen, but the real profit is in the corporate catering or larger functions. And corporate has more of a chance to uh, allow for repeat orders if you establish those relationships. So I don't want restaurants to abandon their corporate catering efforts, um, even though, you know, the setting might have changed the, it's just about how you package and position your catering offerings. Okay. That's a great cue for us to take our next break to thank our sponsors. I'll be right back. Do you have team members asking you the same questions over and over again? That's because the business hinges on a person, you. You don't want people-dependent operations. You want system-dependent operations. Growing up in the restaurant industry, my dad would always say, you don't own a restaurant, a restaurant owns you. And that's true until you can replace yourself with systems, procedures, processes, policies, tools, and technologies. And that's where Sweet Process comes in. Sweet Process is a software that enables companies to have a central place for all their procedures, processes, and policies. It makes it easy for management managers and their ground-level employees to collaborate together to create these procedures, processes, and policies. It also makes it easy to continuously improve these documents together. Sweet Process becomes the one source of truth, the one place where every employee, regardless of their role in the restaurant, can go to find information on how work is done right. By default, Sweet Process offers a free 14-day trial. But if you go to www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable, you can get an extended 28-day free trial. That's www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. Okay, we're back, and Rory was just about to get into uh, positioning when it comes to corporate clients. Uh, and you mentioned this earlier. People are still out there. They're just in different places, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's kind of what you're, you're getting at is like, but people don't know. Like where, before, like I would just tell people, hey, like get some flyers. Like go walk in to corporate headquarters and schmooze with the, the front desk person and right. offer to buy them lunch. And like those are the things you would have done, but – Let's be honest, there's fewer and fewer people working in the corporate setting are away from home now. More, a lot of people are working from home. Like, what are some of the things that we've that have changed? How, where are these people hiding now? <laughs> well, um, the, the thing you have to be smart about is to know that there are all kinds of um, hybrid situations going on with the corporate world right now. So if you break down corporate clients, there are actually a lot of folks that are working in person and will continue to work in person in an office or, you know, physical setting. So if you think about frontline workers, you know, hospital workers, firefighters, um, doctors, police officers, then there are um, other types of quote unquote essential workers. So those are teachers and grocery workers and pharmacy staff and people who work at manufacturing and distribution warehouses. Um, so you those teachers yet, you must've said teachers. I did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Teachers. And you know, some school is sometimes remote and sometimes in person, depending on where you live in the country. Um, but we'll be back to in person, you know, at some point. And then, um, you know, you've got government workers, You've got realtors who want to buy food for their um, their clients who just bought a home. There's schools and universities. And then there's um, the businesses. This is like the interesting one to me because it's um, so flexible or, you know, so fluid with what's going on. It's not just uh, if you work at Google or Amazon, now you can work from home indefinitely. 
uh, it's possible that anyone can work from home or maybe work from home a few days of the week and then go into the office. So like, how do you know, right? So one of the things I tell um, people is to literally canvas your neighborhood. So wherever your restaurant is, look on your drive home from work, where are the cars parked? Are there offices? Are, is it a, you know like a retail shop? Is it a warehouse, a post office? What do you see on your way home? That's, that'll give you a clue on who's working in person. Um, but anyone who you would normally target in a corporate setting, you know, if you think of like office space and they're celebrating a birthday, I love that movie, Office Space. Um, that scenario might not be as obvious, but you can still research those types of companies online and find out who to call and talk to and ask, you know, if they're working remotely, are they working in person? Um, but you need to find the decision maker at those type of corporate settings, whether it's the admin or it's the office manager or the executive assistant, the person who's placing the orders to find out that information and ask them how they want to receive samples um, versus just, or, or do they have a need for meetings? You know, that kind of thing. Trainings. Is it a remote? Is it in person versus just popping in? Cause you're in the neighborhood to drop off a sample of treats. Yeah. What about the people who are working at home? Have you seen corporations do anything creative to like, you know, show their people working at home that they still love them and they care for them and they want to treat them? Yes. What are some of the things you see? So I've seen a lot of appreciation boxes. So it might be a mix of things between, okay, you know, it's a new employee, for example, right? We're going to send them a mug with our company's logo on it. We're going to send them some coffee beans. We'll send them a cookie and we'll send them, um, you know, a hat or something in a nice little package will get delivered to their house. Um, Or I've seen for the holiday season, a lot of companies had budget leftover from their um, holiday parties that they weren't having in person in 2020. So they took that money and instead um, put it towards sending, um, putting, curating these holiday boxes, right? Alcohol was involved sometimes too. And I've seen it in two ways where either they're getting those packages of food and um, branded goods delivered to their employees at home individually, or um, setting up almost like a drive-by pop-up tent outside of the office in the parking lot because all the employees know how to get to the office and they drive by and pick up their box and go home and celebrate. They might hop on a Zoom call and listen to the president give a speech. Uh, it might be an annual meeting, but it's a way to make people people feel like they're part of that group, even though they're celebrating individually. Yeah. What about like corporate accounts, like with a restaurant, say I'm a a corporation and I want to be able to buy my employees lunch for the month. So I say, okay, let's just take $10,000 and let's give it to this restaurant and uh, use this promotional code when checking out that will go to, is there a way to like, kind of like have like an account that all of your employees can like order from, from home remotely? Is that something that you've seen happen? I've seen that happen a lot with the third-party delivery platforms. They've been very smart about pivoting. And so I'd love to see those practices adapted by, you know, the smaller guys, the independents. And um, so what, for example, um, a DoorDash or Grubhub has done is create a, like a DoorDash for work well, where they will sell credits to HR, you know, at a company And then HR will divvy up, okay, um, you get $50 for weekly meals, or you get, you know, a $20 credit once a month, maybe pick a meal from wherever you want on the DoorDash platform. And then the DoorDash drivers, they'll do their thing and deliver it to you. Um, So the logistics are a lot easier on a company to set up a program that way. But that doesn't mean, you know, as say like a sandwich shop or a donut shop that you couldn't create your own scrappy version of that program. Yeah. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that to be honest, but um, it's uh, what I have seen in the past year is um, some of these subscription models showing up for, uh, for the smaller, you know, mom and pop type of shops, not just uh, like Panera right at the beginning of uh, 2020 launched a, 
coffee subscription model that's been very popular. Yeah, and that's a subject. If you know people that I can talk to about how to set up subscription and membership models, I do. I yeah, do. I'm all I'm looking for leads because that's a hot topic I want to learn more about. Um, so ha- have we covered the the corporate catering versus uh, social catering? All the aspects you want to unpack. Unpa- uh, wow, too much coffee today. Unpackage. <laughs> Um, we, yeah, we've covered the bulk of it. I will say with businesses, you know, restaurants might have the mentality that, you know, if, if a business isn't non-essential these days, you know, why are they still catering? Um, but I just want to emphasize that it, it's a way to keep remote employees engaged, right? For things like the zoom calls, the webinars, the trainings, any kind of virtual conferences. Um, it's also a way for, Um, corporations to treat their employees for special occasions like work anniversaries or onboarding or birthdays. Um, And it's also a great way for companies or organizations to provide perks to their members. So um, there's still business there. It's just how, you know, you go after, find those people and then position your offering, whether it's, you know, now you're you're, you've got a contact list ordering experience, you've got your packaging down and you can, you know, deliver in all different kinds of settings. Got it. And we did have on our list of things to talk about digging a little bit deeper into corporate catering. I think we did though. We, we just we, did. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I'm pretty sure. So um, you did say you had a sneak peek of how to build a catering list. Is, mm-hmm. Am I jumping the gun? Is, is it time to, to, to get after that now? Oh, I think it's time. So, okay. List building is one of the first things that uh, a restaurant or a bakery shop should be doing to know who to target for um, their catering orders. Of course, you know, you want to compile at first your list of past catering customers, whether it's a corporate type of order or a social celebration. Um, You want to do things like canvas the neighborhood, like I mentioned. There are organizations you can join in your local city, like the Chamber of Commerce, Google and LinkedIn are your friends. Um, and then we talked in the very beginning about the in-store customers and the four walls experience, identifying your most loyal in-store um, and delivery customers. But it's all about tracking the information to know who those people are. So um, what I found is when working with these smaller uh, independent, you know, donut shops is that they don't have the budget for a fancy catering software. And those softwares are awesome. Um, Can you give us a list of some of the more fancy catering softwares that are out of their, their reach? Yeah, there's a easy cater, there's cater Zen and there's triple C mm-hmm. are pretty popular. Yep. Uh, um, but what, so what I've done is um, I put together a really easy to use Google spreadsheet Um, that will help you organize your catering leads and um, keep you on track for reaching out to them and um, knowing what they've ordered in the past and where you are in that process. Okay. And what can, like when creating these lists, like paint the picture of what a good organized list that you built would have. So um, we could talk about the the columns in my spreadsheet. Would that be helpful? Yeah, that, that would be helpful. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, I've got different tabs for corporate clients versus social because you're going to organize them and talk to them differently. But on the corporate side, you know, you want to know the name of the organization, um, any past orders they've had and the amount that was, um, who your decision maker was, because it can vary in an organization, even if you think of schools. Um, in a high school, it might be the secretary or maybe a principal's assistant, but in a university, there's all different departments, there's different deans, and there's different, um, you know, assistants and executives under those um, departments. So you have to figure out who to talk to at, uh, at, corporate, um, at corporate clients. And then you want to think about the different occasions that they would need um, to get, you know, to order a large order. So I have some drop downs that will guide uh, the user to pick, you know, is it a annual meeting? Is it you know, training? Is it employee appreciation? There's so many different occasions, but you want to be able to identify that. And similarly with social, you want to identify what kind of celebration it is. Have they ordered from you before? When's the last time you talked to them so that when you do reach out to them again, 
um, you can refer back to that. And if you have that catering software, it tracks all of it for you. So you don't have to you know, do that extra research on your own. But this is the first step to getting everything organized. So you might have to dig through. Uh, you know, sometimes it might be a paper menu or a paper, you know, like forum that you've saved and filed away in your office and dig those out, look at emails and past receipts, and then get everything organized and digital so that you can refer to it later. It's simple CRM, you know, customer relationship management, you know, and just tracking that information so you can pick up the conversation and when you when you write things down, it shows people that you care about what their specific needs are. You're getting a lot of the the instead of starting from scratch every time, you have a baseline where you can pick up the conversation. It's mm-hmm. very powerful. And you did. And, and if you're not a uh, uh, if you're listening to this and you don't like creating spreadsheets, that's not your thing. I think you do have a special offer for our listeners. I do. So um, just for restaurant unstoppable listeners, I have created some slides that uh, refer to you know a lot of the the conversation that Eric and I just chatted about. So if you had to donutdigest.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable, um, you can download a copy of those slides and you also have access to that Google spreadsheet. You can make a copy, you can customize it as you see fit and get started on organizing your catering leads. It's about to be busy season yeah. with you know graduation and Mother's Day, Father's Day, July 4th. I mean, these things come up on us sooner rather than later. So um, the more uh, of a head start you can get, the better. I love it. And how can we connect with you, Rory? Uh, this is, you know, if, if, you, if we found value in today's conversation, we will have follow-up questions we want to ask you. What's the best way to connect? So I hang out the most on Instagram. I'm at Donut Digest, and that's D-O-N-U-T. Um versus the longer way to spell donut. So Instagram is best. Um, I'm pretty responsive with email, of course. So info at donutdigest.com. And then I've always got marketing uh, tips up on my website, donutdigest.com slash blog. Awesome. And we do wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. And you did help me connect with Max Santiago when I was out in uh, Florida. Uh, thank you so much. This episode is going to be going live in two weeks. But do you have anybody else? Who do you respect and admire in this industry? And you think that our listeners could learn a lot from if we were to get them on the show, a restaurant tour? Okay, there's a few. So you talked earlier about subscriptions. And have you ever heard of the Peach Tortilla in Austin? I have. I've had them on the show, and his name is escaping me right now. It's Eric. Oh, might be Eric Silverstein. Silverstein, yes. So um, they have done so much to adapt to, um, you know, the food and beverage industry these days. And I have ultimate respect for them. So Peach Tortilla um, would be one of them. And then there's also a company, it's a bakery and kind of pseudo pizza shop in New Jersey called Montclair Bread. And I am pulling them up on my phone right now because I want to get the name of the owner, right? Okay, Montclair Bread. It's owned by a woman named Rachel Wyman. I haven't worked with her personally, but uh, she just put out a cookbook of her recipes they their pastries look phenomenal and then they started doing um offering pizza on fridays because they've got you know it's dough yeah so they started offering pizza on fridays this past year they do um intimate cooking classes and baking classes especially with kids so i just love how much of a hustler she is and i think they would have a lot to offer I love it. Cheers. Awesome. And uh, I loved Eric Silverstein. He was a great guest. He's actually recorded twice with me. This is the first time this ever happened. I don't know what happened, but the first time he was on the show, I don't know if it didn't capture, if I accidentally deleted it like a knucklehead. I don't know what happened. He was nice enough to record two episodes with me. So I don't know. I might have to push my luck and ask for a third episode. Uh, I, think, I see the red recording light on this one. So I, I think, think we're good. We're- <laughs> we're good um and i have not heard of rachel wyman so i'm excited to reach out to them at mount claire and thank you so much uh rory i almost said rachel i don't know why because oh because rachel wyman uh thank you yes. so much rory uh for joining us uh you were great uh, there is no questioning you are unstoppable yeah yeah 
There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Rory Balkin, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to watch you continue to grow in your career. Uh, even just the, the couple of years I've been following you, you've grown so much. And I know you're going to do really great big things as a restaurant consultant and marketer. So make sure you guys are following this lady. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. And uh, Rory is going to be coming back in a couple of weeks. She is uh, joining forces with David Rev Gianchio. I hope I'm saying that last name correctly, David. And they're going to be talking to us about how to convert followers into orderers. Uh, so that's really exciting. Make sure you uh, subscribe uh, and join the restaurant unstoppable network and uh, be a part of that conversation and within the network we have a lot of cool things coming in addition we have every time i have a restaurant tour guest on the show i invite them to do some peer mentoring so you can listen to their episode you can reflect on their episode with them and you can and ask any questions that you, that you want re- regarding your business to them so you can literally get some peer mentoring from some of the best consultants or not consultants uh, restaurateurs out there also in the network as far as workshops go we have Zach Oates who's going to be joining us to talk about SMS marketing's do's and don'ts we have uh, Matt Plapp who is another guy who's been on my radar for a few years now he just recently got organically referred to me which is why I love that stuff and that's honestly the reason why I haven't gotten him on the show, I've, I believed I knew he has some some special talents, but he's he's been recommended to me organically, and we're gonna get him on the show to talk about uh, messaging bots and how you can put these bots to work for you and to capture data and to segment your list and to really get your your customers spending some money and it's really powerful stuff. And then. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm losing track of all the things we got going on in the network. And the idea is that I'm really going to be in real time connecting my listeners with my network of professionals and badass restaurateurs. So if you're interested in this mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry by coming together, by sharing knowledge, by not just changing the knowledge in the industry, but really pivoting the values in the industry, then please be a part of this network of, of restaurateurs, like-minded restaurateurs coming together to, to make this industry better. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.